Got that coffee, got that coffee. <clears throat> All right, fam, we're rolling up. Welcome to episode 75 of the Jungle Brothers podcast. I'm Joe Worthington. We've got T in the house. And we've got Nikki joining us today. Nikki Rubino. Nikki, how are you? Morning. Thanks Hi, for, Nikki. Thanks for being Hello. here. Um, guys. Is she uh, nervous? Yeah, yeah, she's shitting herself. I'm scared right now. <laughs> I love the sound of my voice. Yeah. She, um, she, she's a self-proclaimed, she says her, she has the voice of a four-year-old child. <laughs> That's cool. We True can story. work with that. My four-year-olds are very loud, Nikki, just so you know. Very loud. Daddy. I'm a humble four-year-old. Daddy. <laughs> We got um we got the Panavor coffee in the house today. We're all sipping that. Thanks, Tree. You're a fucking legend. Uh, if you haven't been to that Pagewood Cafe, go there. Um, we have our next internship coming up. the The current one is wrapping up. Next week will be the final week. We're probably going to go out for a lunch and some beers the week after that. But uh, the next one starts on the twenty second of October, and we have three or four spaces left. So if you are interested, you're a coach, you want to learn uh, how to be a better coach, or even a small business owner, and you want to get better at that or you want to lead a community uh, group of people, it, it will help. So just get in touch, um, joey at junglebrothers.com. And if you want our help, you can find us at junglebrothers.com or on Instagram at junglebrothersmovement. Um, uh, also, if you're interested in being a, an affiliate with us. An affiliate gym mm, owner. Yeah, and most importantly. Which is actually really what the, the emphasis now is in us trying to find these young coaches, isn't it? Yes, this new wave, new breed. The infamous new wave, as T refers to mm. it. Mm. This, well, this last group have been amazing. Yeah. And the next one seems to be very, um, almost a little bit fight orientated, which is awesome. Yeah, there's a very diverse group. Yeah. Which is cool. I actually had someone oh, in the gym. Lifted. I had someone in the gym reach out um, who's not, who doesn't want to be a coach. They just, um, well, they really love it here, but they work as a uh, massage therapist, I believe. And they're like, I've heard that all the things you teach in the workshop or in the internship are relevant to like to what I'm doing. I'm like, yeah, totally. Like marketing, sales, communication, all that stuff. And uh, so she's super interested. And I thought that's really cool. It's kind of bringing people from the outside in. But what can happen is maybe in that time we can influence them to go, you know what, maybe I do want to take what I've done and also now combine it to this new process that I'm getting uh, an exposure to and perhaps create something Completely new. That's right. And be part of an awesome community. That's right. The Jungle Fam. That's it. I can vouch being for part of the, I think, first or second crew of that internship. You but are an intern graduate. Totally worthwhile. And you're now a coach Definitely. at Jungle Brothers. Yes. I think you need to put your microphone closer to you. Is that better? To she, doesn't, yeah. she doesn't want it because then she'll be heard. <laughs> <laughs> you sounded like you were like way out in the distance yeah. there for a second. Is that better, T? Is that better? <laughs> Um, what's your give us a little background on you guest what's your journey been um, I guess so I, um, I transitioned from being in TV so I worked in advertising for 15 years and then started to be a personal trainer wasn't a transition that I was actually looking for uh, just started uh, learning PT to help my folks out and it kind of just led me on this new career transition uh, found you guys because I liked your movement style. So I guess I've been member, then slash internship, then slash coach. So I've kind of seen all facets and it's been cool seeing you guys grow as well over the last four years. And you played a very, a very well, you played a pivotal role in, in our uh, ability to move into an online <laughs> uh, system over COVID. Pivotal. Stepped up. 
Tech and, gods, uh, Paulie and I. Tech oh gods. God. That was great. <laughs> yep. Yes. Yeah, and leadership, man. Mm. Am I? Okay. I, I, I don't know if I'd put that role in for me, but thank well, you. Well, let's tell the folks what you, what you did. We, so we had a situation where we had to close our doors, right, like, like every business through yep. the lockdown, and we had 180-odd gym members who come to our gym every day or every other day and get con- contact with us, and that is the training and the social aspect and all the good things that come from this place. And then all of a sudden they couldn't have that. And so it was like, the, you know, you have the online classes that we started running, which goes some way towards filling in the gap of what's missing. So it's like, okay, I can still exercise. I can still log onto a class and exercise, albeit a slightly different mode of delivery. But there's- And you can see a few of the old faces as well. That's yeah. right. Yeah. You can, yeah. yeah there's you a can, bit of interaction. There's there, a bit of interaction. Enough. Not enough. Um, but then there's also, you also don't get that, that those, little, um, those little touch points where you're catching up with the coach for a couple of minutes, you're having a little bit of banter before the class or after the class or, you know, like we have people just hanging out for ages after class yeah. and just doing their thing, stretching, being on their phone, whatever they want to do, but like kind of soaking How are up. you? Yeah. How are you? How are you doing? Yeah. You yeah, know, like just question. actual, just communal type mm-hmm. interaction. So we kind of, we, re, we the coaches and a few pivot coaches like yourself took on the role of maintaining these relationships with people. Yep. So you had how many people that you were? Uh, 33. 33 humans. Yep. 33 humans. And, and what were you doing with them? Uh, pretty much just uh, weekly check-ins. So there was a few things we'd text at least uh, twice a week. Uh, and then at least once a week we'd have a phone call catch-up. Um, and then we'd have what I'd call the Nikki's Tea Time Tuesdays. So Tuesday afternoons. Um, tea was optional. You can have any beverage in that mug at the time. Uh, so we'd just kind of log into a, a group Zoom call and just have a chat. Just like, hey, how's everyone doing? What's everyone been up to? anything that anyone wants to talk about, just trying to have those chats that we couldn't do in the building, just still within a screen and still just maintaining that social contact that we were all craving at the time but couldn't physically get. So, yeah. It's pretty cool. Smells pretty leadershipy to me. <laughs> mm. So did you keep, uh, keep everyone engaged over that time? Uh, we got a lot of good feedback. Okay, I guess I did. Yep. But yeah, I guess like we had the WhatsApp group, we had a Zoom catch up um, and within the text. And so I found out things about the people that I didn't realise, like a few hobbies that um, I didn't realise that people either had or were pursuing while they were in lockdown. Had a few people learning bass guitar, uh, roller skating, some people doing some uh, like learning stuff on YouTube and things like that. So every day, uh, well, each time that we checked in, it's like, okay, we all set a goal. So, all right, what are you learning this week or what are you doing this week? What do we want to chat about or what do you want to achieve between here and our next chat? Um, so I'd make a little bit of note on everything that everyone would said to me. So we kept each other accountable. It's like, hey, you said you were going to do this thing over the week. Did it happen? If not, why? Or is it going to happen this week? So there was that little bit of, bit accountability. of accountability. Yeah. Mm. So I was like, well, if you tell something, you're going to do something. It's like, well, I've got to do it now. Mm. <laughs> Someone's going to ask routine. me about it. And routine. Which is very important. Just, yeah, seeing the yeah. familiar faces. Yeah. And, yeah, just getting – everyone was out of routine. Everyone was out of whack. So just that one little, okay, between four to five, it was just before classes started on Zoom. So it's like, hey, let's have a chat. We knew that there was a cutoff time at five o'clock. We'd all just either jump on a class or other people going off to cook dinner or whatever they were doing. But between that four to five, everyone was here. It was available. You didn't have to come. But if you wanted to come have a chat, it's like we're all here. It's funny, it's not actually very easy to keep um, 
digital connection with that many people because I was we were doing the same thing, and it like it, you know you can you jump on the phone, call people, text them, like reach out to them, but to do it consistently and do it well, I think it's actually quite a hard job. Uh, would you agree, T? I was so shit at it. <laughs> I feel real, like I was lucky because I got a group of all the people that I've known in the gym for many many years so they're they're used to my inconsistency and and <laughs> subpar performance and um yeah i was really bad at it even though i was still involved and there was lots of chat going on but there was no personal development it was just banter and fuck ups i kept sending the wrong text to the wrong groups <laughs> there was a couple in there that were like way out of context they weren't that they were like not very pc but um <laughs> I couldn't even wipe them. I was trying to get them off. And then one of my, um, uh, the, yeah, the members that were in there said, it's all right, T, we're used to it. Was that for the private shisha club? <laughs> it was no, worse than that. <laughs> it was terrible. And I was like, oh, I can't believe I just posted that. But um, yeah, so I didn't do very well at it at all. Uh, we had obviously a lot of other things going on at the time. But um, you did very well. Dylan did very well. Uh, that was it. They were the two big feedbacks for us. And I think uh, it was at that point where we realised uh, because for, for many years now we've thought, okay, uh, it's the three of us holding this gym together, me, Joe and Paul, and holding the relationships with members and it's not something that you can just hand over to new faces in the gym and I think the two of you just proved us uh, wrong with that theory um, in a big way, which was fantastic for us because it's like, okay, um, we, can, we can have what we do here uh, without us necessarily being here. Yeah, which is which means we can we can uh, make more of them. That's you know? right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, and focus on 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 creating people who can also go and do that. Yeah. The um yeah I think prior to prior to that um what was your coaching role prior to COVID, Nikki? Here. Yeah. Uh, so I was t- I was co-coaching with T on Tuesday and Thursday nights, and I think it was yeah I was just in the co-coach. No, role. no, like before before. Are you no, saying I'm talking before? just before. COVID. Oh, just before. Oh, yeah. Sorry. yeah. So just before here, a role here was just co-coaching the Tuesday and Thursday nights. I'd covered a few mornings while people were away, um, but it wasn't until COVID hit that I got my own little 5.15 slot on a Friday. So the first full class that I had was via a screen. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's Because <laughs> that's was, what yeah. – because I remember – I was thinking about it and, like, you, you had – you know, a role, but a smaller role. Yeah. And then COVID was, there was a, there, there was just an opportunity that emerged and you just, you were like, yeah, whatever you guys need, I'll do it. And I'll, and you did it really well. And then after that, once the gym opened back up, you were just, you were a coach here. I'm here. Yeah. It was like, it, it was like this kind of awesome graduation that occurred through the chaos of COVID. You know what I mean? Well, exactly. Well, I was meant to come into here, like migrating away from the, the mobile training. Um, and the week that the gym shut down was the, f- the week that I was meant to be, okay, sweet. I'm taking sessions in here now. I have a home. I have a yeah. home for the winter. That home is now closed down. <laughs> uh, what now? So There was more than that going on though, wasn't it? Your, your dad was stuck in, in Italy at the time? Uh, my mum. Mum? So yeah, so my mum's sister was ill. Um, so she, my mum just went over to Austria um, just to, to visit. She was like, we don't know how long she's going to last. So my mum went over. She was meant to stay there for five weeks. Uh, we got two weeks in and then boom, borders started shutting down. Thing, like this thing just spread like Dark wildfire across the, across the world. My mum didn't want to leave her sister. So I was just like, oh, like shit, what do I do? Like uh, dad can't, like dad's got 
heart and lung issues as well. So it's like, okay, this thing's kind of serious. Um, I wanted, oh gosh, I wanted to, wanted to <laughs> so protect them. So you have to keep them. him safe as well, yeah? Yeah, so it's just like, oh shit, it's okay. Trying to console them because they were worried for each other. My dad wanted mum to come back. Mum's like, I'm going to stay here for as long as it takes. It's like, if you stay there, you could be there for, we Forever. don't know how long. <laughs> Still be there potentially. And that kind of thing. Yeah, I guess, yeah, there was a lot going on. Uh, people stuck, borders closing, transitioning's happening here. Um, new roles happening left, right and centre with my old job and, and coming into here. So I, I guess thinking back on it, I never a thought about it that transition. way. Yeah, a lot of shit was going on. <laughs> like we say, smooth seas make bad sailors, Nikki. That's it. Come out the other oh, end. <laughs> yes, like they that? do. I like that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> We've never said that, but I agree. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess ev- everyone was in it together. It's not like I didn't feel like I was the only one going through something. Like the whole, I felt like the whole world just got turned upside down and with, there was nothing we could kind of do about it. It's like, okay, this shit's happening. And we just punched through the other side. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking smashed it. I still remember T's email that went out and I could just envision you pretty much back in your... Um, uh, I envisioned you pretty much in the in your lounge room or wherever you were typing that email, dressed in your JB Christmas party outfit. It's like <laughs> sword in hand. It's like okay, we got this. We're going. So it's like okay, sword in hand. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was just it's at a time in where his hand. at the computer, <laughs> <laughs> everyone just had to step up. We we're all going through different things, and it was all affecting us in different ways. It's not like it was just like okay, this woe is me. This is only happening to me. It's just like well, we're all going through something at the moment it's just like okay so deal with it how mm. are we going to deal with it <laughs> what a transition <laughs> but before that you were doing you're doing the mobile the mobile thing yeah so i guess have you done mobile joe i know you've been you've done park and you've had your van but have you done the home visit uh a little bit a little bit uh, uh only really one or two clients that i went to their homes but um i would go to different parks to meet it's people quite tough isn't it yeah. I've done a few home, just a couple, and I found them, like, just a couple were very draining. Yeah. Uh, sucked a lot of energy out. <laughs> it's tough, huh? The travel, but also being in someone's personal space where they're usually relaxing yeah. or doing other things to, to try and get them into gear in that space while they're still in the PJs. Yeah. It's difficult. <laughs> so true. And their kids are, like, running in. And yeah. Distractions little- everywhere. And you're in their space, so they've got total control over the space as well in yeah. a way you know so you did a, you did only that for only that yes this is the first time i'm actually working from within a gym well so I've been how many sessions were you doing a day on, a, on average and traveling uh the mobile pt so i think pretty much the the fullest i was um and i've tallied it up once before so somewhere between 28 and 32 uh, either one-on-one or P, uh, buddy session. So that was either home or park. Uh, and then I had uh, three to four outdoor s- class sessions that I was doing. Uh, and then there was two that were online. And how... Holy what, what, shit. What was the distance yeah. of your travel? 38 sessions a week. It, it, yeah, it was... Jesus. I, That's I, hard I never, even in the one location. It was Ugh. tough. So it's like you think about it and it's like, oh yeah, 30 sessions. I was working 30 hours a week. It's like... Well, it's mm, not because no. I've got 30 hours as like that physical one-on-one with the person or the group. Uh, there's also the travel in between to and from. Uh, and What kind of distances were we talking? Like 
one suburb or no so uh, when when i first started as a new trainer had no schedule just said yes to everything it's like yes okay so i would travel as far as uh homebush at five o'clock in the afternoon that was great peak hour traffic going there and back um so as far from homebush and down to the shire so uh like menai illawong way oh my gosh fuck so yeah, so I kind of like started- Like it's not bad enough going to the Shire just <laughs> to go to the Shire. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to my friends in the Shire. Yeah. You know I'm only kidding, guys. <laughs> That's no, fine words, Joey. <laughs> but yeah, there, there was a lot of travel um, in and around and, and even just a few city sessions in there as well. So just trying to find parking in the city. I just felt like I was always just in like- In like apartments? In the city. Or in the park? Oh, Both. Fuck. <laughs> so your parking, parking bill would have been like- this. Yeah. Um, so that Very was expensive. It was kind of it's not tax write off tea tax write off. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so but yeah, slow. so I guess it was one uh, physically draining just from you know my my training at the moment was like packing and unpacking the car um, certain hours of the day or multiple times a day and then factoring in okay am I going upstairs do I have to navigate through narrow spaces do I am I in an open park where I can actually fill up my buggy with with equipment like okay what that kind of classified what I could train that person in and what their sessions look like so I guess everyone was an individual program because everyone's circumstance was different their house what I could physically carry up what could fit in the buggy all of that came into play so there's lots of like prepping and planning for those sessions so there's lots of that um, for the programming and then actual distance of driving to and from and then Sydney traffic is shit (laughs) and aggressive (laughs) yeah they're fucking assholes so, mm. excuse my language. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so all of that just it just does start taking a toll, and the fact that um, I guess it was a, a little bit of a blessing in disguise that I knew one of my little five minute flicks is like, okay, if someone's super super draining, and I've got a twenty to forty five minute drive ahead of me, okay, do I have the mental capacity to listen to something like a podcast, or do I just need to bust out to some Tiesto right now and just shake that person off me to be able to get energy for the next one? Because yes, going into somebody's space that one isn't mine. It's their space. Sometimes they've got kids there. There's pets roaming around. It's like I'm in their lounge room or in the backyard. So it's and it's some people just in general suck a lot of energy out of you. Yeah, yeah. they're like that <laughs> bottomless pit, black hole. What did Al, Al call call? Uh, 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 he had a name for or something. He calls them personal drainers. <laughs> personal drainers. I call them soul suckers, <laughs> and he's got personal drainers. So. Any names you'd like to mention? Past clients? <laughs> Give a little shout out. Not necessarily. <laughs> Soul <laughs> sucking. There's, 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 there's a whole area um, that Hubby was like thinking of moving to. And it's just like, nah, I can't. Um, I associate that area with this person. And nah, I can't even oh, do it. Oh, wow. So it's like the, oh, sh- that person was that, that much mentally and physically draining that I don't even want to be in this area oh. anymore. You, so. you know what I feel about. And this is a this is a, a generalization, so this is not everyone, but so I've had kind of similar clients in a way, similar circumstances where they're like, I can only train at this time, has to be at this place. Um, and it's very specific and it's it's very it's always inconvenient for, for me. And so it's like, all right, fuck you yeah, up, I can make that work. And what I found was that even though those people they you know, they might be a really nice person they because of all of the restrictions around their training the time the location the days the it almost indicated that they were the kind of person that was never going to make any progress with it 
So I just, I found myself doing the same shit every time and trying to reinvent the wheel. Cause you're like, well, how many different fucking lunge and push up variations can I come up with for this, this person? And then you're like, why? And it's like, you know, you've been doing it for weeks and you're like, why am I even doing this? Like, what, what are we getting out of this actually, <laughs> you know? And, you, and then you, and then you're like, and they're paying me good money for it. And I'm like, it, it, I, I, I just remember a feeling of dissatisfaction with a lot of those, a lot of those uh, relationships. Yeah. And not because they were doing anything bad or, or I was, it was just, it's like, it's just not working. Did you ever feel, you can identify with that at all? Definitely. So the, the person in particular, let's just say I- Say the name. I, I say don't, it. I don't <laughs> want to. We're not going to know them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know who listens to the podcast. It's five degrees of separation. Um, but yeah, so- Hundreds I w- and hundreds and hundreds <laughs> of thousands. 2,000 2000 people last month. That's Isn't right. <laughs> yeah. 1,000 with Joey listening on repeat. <laughs> 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 it's true. Um, so yeah, so I've forgotten what the question was now. Oh, just that Isn't sense that? of dissatisfaction that comes from just kind of banging your head against the wall. So I, I kind of went in with a foresight. So I'd been warned about this person. I was the like third or fourth trainer. And so two of the trainers previous to me, I'd worked with, I'd like, I know them as people, as friends, as trainers. They warned me about him. They last, oh, no, I said what sexy was. Um, it's they, a male. Oh, <laughs> oh, it's narrowing down. <laughs> <laughs> what was the, where was he living? Where was, yeah, yeah. Where was that place you were going to live in to? Not going to say. Oh, yeah, we, we, I met him that time, didn't I? What was his name again? <laughs> Um, so they, they gave um, the person, I think the longest stint was like five or six weeks. I gave him six months and I'm like, okay. Holy shit. So what, what do you mean their longest stint was five or six weeks? No they, trainer they, had lasted longer lasted than six oh, weeks wow. with this guy. Then, yeah. So the three trainers. <laughs> sounds like a movie. Um, so yeah, so I was just like, <laughs> no, no okay. But then again, it, six was, months, it, was the fir- it was the first client that I'd done like that was all through me. It wasn't through another business and I, I was getting good money for it. I'm like, okay, nah, that's it. I'm going to make a difference. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help this person. And then you just learn that some people just can't, can't be helped. Be helped. <laughs> so, yes. well, that, well, that's the feeling that you get. It, you don't, you, you're not just, you get paid and you feel like you're not actually giving anything back in return. Yeah. You know, there's no exchange there. Yeah. Like you can't say, oh, look, look how much body fat you've lost in the last six months. Or, wow, you can do, you know, it's a new trick now that you couldn't do before. Or like you were talking about before with one of your clients, I, that she can do a bra up. These things yeah. <laughs> are milestones, you know. But if you don't hit those, then you're just like, where's, where's the job satisfaction? Yeah, it's true. Where's the yeah. exchange? There's no exchange there. And it kind of feels like you feel that you're doing something wrong. It's like, okay, like mm. what, what, can, what else can I do? What am I doing Why can't wrong? I make this well, work? In yeah. a way, you kind of are. You're taking money and you're not giving something back. And, and you've got to have that conversation sooner or later and just say, look, I'm not fucking getting anywhere with you. Yep. Can't help you. So you need to find someone else. So my rate's going up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Double. Take it or leave it. Yeah. This is your last shot. It's the only way we're going to get results out but of that's, here. Yeah. <laughs> But that's the tricky part because maybe for some people just having you come there and their relationship with you and the bit of conversation and the light sweat they get up and, you know, they get a little bit sore the next day from the push-ups and the it's squats. Enough. It's maybe for them like that's, you know. And I think that there is, there is a place for that style of personal trainer. Like if that's, you know, like some people don't mind that. Mm-hmm. But I think that ultimately that's a very hard yeah, it's a very hard place to stay. You can endure it for a little bit. And I think any kind of young coach 
or any coach who's early in their coaching career has to go through a bit of that because like you said before, you have to take what you can get. Yep. Um, but then you get to a point where like, all right, this doesn't, this isn't satisfying anymore. I've got to move on. Yep. And yeah, if, if you do realise that you're actually enlightening them or the one hour with you is like, you know, their little mental health relief or you get to banter or laugh or it's the one time that they get to focus on them away from their kids or their partner or their work. It's like, okay, like you're getting something out of this and I can see that. But then there's other people who are just like banging your head against the wall. <laughs> So you, you ended up in our gym, uh, how I, you found time to train Never thought in, she was in a gym in Botany. Yeah, Joey thought I was a flake. On, t- <laughs> on top of your 50 <laughs> hours on the road, 30 hours coaching, um, but you managed to make sure that you were here a lot. Like I, I remember coming into the gym and even when there was nothing on, you would be here, be doing a bit of training, a bit of stretching or even doing some study. Yep. And you, would, you were just here a lot. And I remember <laughs> noticing that. Um, just lurking. Yeah, which is great, you know. I mean, you loved the space and and, uh, the energy and you were always around when when our coaches' um, development was on every Thursdays. We have all of our coaches get together and we we talk. And you were always kind of there in the background, which is a really good sign. I I thought it was an amazing sign. Um, And then the transition happened and then there was this point where we had to sit down and we had a chat about how that transition was going to take place. And I got a good look, like insight into what your schedule was like and what your training was like. Sorry, what your schedule was like, what your coaching was like outside of the gym. And then that transition coming into the gym. Um, There was a point there where you were holding on to the work that you had out there (laughs) and you were taking work in here and you had classes on top and we were expecting you to, to obviously train because we want all our trainers to be training a lot in our gym, like physically training. Um, was there a point there where you felt like you might have been burning the candle at both ends? All the time, no. Um, and I guess in a way it was COVID that kind of made me realise that, okay, shit, this is happening again, um, that I was just taking on too much. Uh, and so it was the fact that uh, the travel got taken out of, of COVID. So I was still kind of running uh, roughly the same amount of sessions. I was super lucky that I only lost um, four sessions in total. So I was still running the same amount of sessions, but I'd gained like an extra seven hours a day, just not from driving. Crikey, <laughs> Jesus. Just not from driving from place to place. So that a little piece of me was just like, hey, I'm like, what am I meant to be doing right now? There's something that I'm meant to be doing. I, I'm usually feeling more frantic, busy, anxious about traffic and things like that. It's like That's why sometimes at lunch you see Nikki in her car just doing laps around the block. <laughs> She's just trying to fulfill that that need. I just that, need to be sitting in my fill car. That, fill that hole. Oh God. Life. Seven, seven hours. Seven yeah, seven hours. Like everything else was exactly the same. Um, it was just four sessions a week that got taken away and I'd gained seven hours of oh, okay. Uh, what what do I fill this time with? Mm. <laughs> what do you um like, what kind of hours were you doing? Did you have, would you leave home at a certain time when you're, doing, when you're at the peak of the mobile thing and come home at a certain time or were you in and out? It was, uh, every day was a slightly different, but generally starting at about 5.30 in the morning uh, and not getting home. The latest I would get home would be 10 p.m. So my biggest day was a Monday. Um, that would start at 5.45 and I would finish at 9.30 p.m. and then have to drive home. So that was my longest <laughs> longest day. Film hours. <laughs> Out of the film industry to go back into the film industry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
Um, so, but then I would, I would try to balance it out. There was a point there where pretty much five days a week were like that. And then I was doing um, a 6, 6 a.m. to a 1 p.m. on a Saturday. So it was six days or five Six a.m. to 1 p.m. Yep. That was your half day. Yep. <laughs> you know what's like, what's relentless about it in the PT game is like at least in film, if you're doing it in the commercial realm, like we're talking about, then it's not every week. It's like, yeah, I got one fucked up week, but I'm going to make heaps of money from it. And then I'll take the week after off or whatever, or, you know, heavy month, next couple of weeks off. But in film, it's, you know, it's maybe a six to eight month engagement of this grind. But you don't have to think of any of the logistics. Like you don't have to think about what time do I have to be at work? Where do I, you're told all of those things. Whereas when you're running your own PT business, you have to manage every single little navigation to the next client. You have to be texting all of your clients ahead mm. the day before, I'll see you tomorrow, like confirming the appointments. Programming. Programming. Selling. Like, yeah, there's so much micromanagement in that day that I think it, that from the outset before you've done it kind of seems like, oh, but that would be fun. You're doing your own thing and you're listening to podcasts and shit. You're like, it's fucking draining. Yeah. Like, it's really hard. Definitely. I think a lot of people make the mistake of, especially in the big globo gyms, of looking at, uh, you know, some trainer that's in fantastic condition at first sight, muscles, tan, and they're thinking, oh, they're only working like three hours in the morning and then they go to the beach all day and come back and they're three hours in the evening during the peak hours and it, it, is, it is not actually the reality of it, is it? No. In fact, I think many, many PTs fall to the, uh, into the trap of burnout and, you know, take very little amount of money home at the end of the day uh, because of it. Yeah. Um, we have a very uh, stringent transition process that happens when coaches come into our gym. And I sat down with Nikki and we talked about this. Um, when she first started, we looked at her diary um, and then the, we set out uh, a strategy for her to move herself into the gym over a period of time to become full, full-time coach in this gym. And all of our trainers, most of our trainers workers uh, work for themselves in the gym. So they're, um, they're on, a, on a lease, uh, they, uh, like a membership where they pay they us rent the gym from a us. rent yeah, to use the gym and then they can make as little or as much as they want. And it suits individuals that want to be in control of their own business. It doesn't suit every, every business kind of style, but for us, that's how we work. Um, the most important thing is if we have a coach on the floor is that they have to be in good, good nick. I mean, mindset has to, be, has to be healthy, body has to be healthy, the energy levels have to be up and they can't be moving into this state of burnout and then sit in front of our members and be grumpy or uh, off the ball or um, un- unhealthy. So we've got to be practising what we preach. And there's a transition there where we've, with, a, with a lot of coaches where it's very difficult to let go of what you're doing and then move into a new space uh, of, of something that's a little bit um, almost it's into the unknown, isn't it? Yep. So you kind of hold on to the, mem- the, the, the stuff that you got and then I've done it myself uh, and then you start this new thing and then all of a sudden you start, your, your money goes up as well. So you're like, shit, I'm actually saving now. Okay, this is great. I've got my bills under control, but you, 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 you're also overlooking the fact that you've added another six or eight hours to your work week, which was already overflowing. And then you need something very, well, not small, but something like a COVID or, or, a, or an illness in the family 
or the car to break down to just kind of push you or, or, or get that cup overflowing, that stress cup. Yep. So it's uh, really important that that transition has to be a smart one. The way we approached it and how I approach it with all of these trainers like this point where you move into a new space has to be, can't be a point where you're thinking, all right, I'm going to be putting away money. You just need to level out where you're at and then use this transition as a, as a time to reschedule the way your work week works. Yep. So it can now service you, it can service your health, it can service your personal development, it can service your funds and you can save money and you're not uh, necessarily burning candle at, at each end. Um, that process is continuing for you even now yep. with uh, your time with Alan as well. You want to tell us a little bit about what's going on there? Yeah, so we're working on our uh, other coach, Alan, um, here. So we have uh, one hour a week. We kind of, he helps me with some business and, and that kind of thing. And I help him out with his video creations. Uh, so a bit of a contra deal there. So we're trying to work pretty much a structure that works for me. So at the moment, my, my timing's a little bit out of whack. I, I work in the mornings, I got a few things at lunch times, and then I've got some evening sessions as well. So we're trying to dwindle that down that I can get um, the time, some extra time back. Um, it worked out well. Uh, I've only got six mobile sessions a week at the moment now. Um, so I've kept my, my little core crew, uh, not quite ready to let them go. Um, but they've disassociated disassociated themselves with the other business and um, the, the other business said that I can keep them as my own client. So it gives me a little bit of extra cash in my pocket and it's still the same amount of workload. Uh, so I, I still build my business up through you guys as well. So I've got my little central hub. So we're still just trying to work out what works for me. I know when uh, I work best as a PT, so pretty much mornings and lunch times, I give the best one-on-one -on -one contact. Uh, and then I've still got enough energy for the groups that I coach in here. So the, the classes that I coach here, I know that I need to be around people to get my energy levels up. And I know what people I need to be around. This place is one of them. So for the sessions of a night time where I'm usually a little bit drained, I don't feel drained and it doesn't feel like too much work here because I know the environment that I'm in. So I guess um, prior to Alan and, and coaching that way, figuring out my day, I needed to figure out how I need to fill myself up. Uh, my analogy is uh, I like to use the, tea uh, the teapot. So on the teapot, if I want to fill up the little teacups that are in and around me, I need to figure out how the hell I need to fill myself up first so then I can give to others. It took about a year to figure out what the hell I needed to do that. Um, but understanding what uh, pretty much makes my heart dance and fill my teapot up, then I know what I can give to Tell others. Tell us what's in the teapot, Nikki. <laughs> how do you fill it up? It, it, could, it could be tea, it could be gin, who knows. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I know that I need, I do need some group interaction, um, a little bit of a social butterfly. I know who fills me up and who drains me. Uh, so whether that's physically being in contact with that person or I know who I need to call, who I need to send a, a stupid meme to and I'll just be instantly mood lifted with their response back to me. Um, so they're my little quick fixes or if I can't get to that person or I know that they're busy, I know the music tracks or pretty much what I need to listen to to just instantly perk myself up to, to get some energy to give to somebody else. So that's my little five-minute um, filling up. I've got kind of the five-minute. I've got what I need within the week. and then Go on. <laughs> so, yeah, music, people and environment are yep. pretty much the three things that are instant fix. So, like, yesterday... 
was a long day with a few coaches in and around being down and out. So I opened and closed the gym yesterday. Thank you. So it was it was a long day. So I got to and after the the coaches internship being coached by the the interns I was like, okay, I've got like forty five minutes before I need to do a three hour stint and I'm fucking tired right now. Mm. So I was like, all right, went and got a can of coffee from around, walking the block with Tiesto blaring in my ears. I'm like, okay. I'm I'm pumped up, ready to go coach Fight Factory in the two classes afterwards. But it was just like, I was down and out after that session. I had a quick 45 minutes. Okay, what do I need to do to perk myself up? It was that. So between the music and then coming in and knowing that I'm, I'm, I know the Fight Factory people, they're about to lift my spirits. It's like, okay, that's two of the things. And by the time 7, 7.15 rolled around, I had enough energy for that class. Mm. Uh, so the little instant fixes. During the week, now that... Um, hubby is around and not traveling as much anymore Sunday mornings non-negotiable we have one meal together that's pretty much may be the only one during the week but Sunday breakfast the only meal sometimes yeah (laughs) incredible he's got a busy schedule he's got his own business too um, and going through a whole heap of COVID shit too so um, just knowing that Sunday mornings we we either go on an adventure whether that's a walk down near the coast beach walk, breakfast, whatever we've got time for that week, we have one meal together, no laptops, no work before 12 p.m. If there's stuff that needs to be done, we can do it afterwards. So these are the these are the, the, the sustainable long-term yep. processes that you can put into your schedule. Like That's you've it. got your short, your little fixes, but they're only gonna, they're only gonna, going to serve you uh, for it. the short term. But it's those, those bigger changes that we're looking for, this big, this one Sunday off, maybe moving into a role where you're only training mornings or only training evenings. What other, what other, you're, you're the schedule guy, Joe. What other, what other hints and tips could you give to an upcoming trainer moving into a um, hectic lifestyle as a PT? I think that that one of just train, just coaching at one end of the day is really, is really pivotal. And I think that that should be, uh, well, not to put it on pill, but I think that that should be an aspiration for any, a lot of coaches coach. think. Well, well you, I know I've spoken to a lot of coaches that they, they think that it's not like it's not possible because you're not um, you're not train. You you have to train the two peak hours. What would you say to to a coach like that? Yeah, I think that I think that a lot of that attitude is bred in commercial gyms where there's a real and you you were a big part of this. Mm. Right? You were in that world where there's a real culture of like how many sessions a day are you doing? It's kind of like a badge of honor. Like I'm doing fucking 12 sessions a day. And it's like the hustle is to get as many sessions on your schedule as you can. Um, whereas when you, when you start to, because it, you know, like going back to what you said, Nikki, when you start, you take on everything you can get. But as you become more experienced and gain more confidence, you then feel like it's appropriate for you to say to someone, sorry, I'm not available at that time that you want me to train you, but here's the times when I am available. And what you realize is when you start doing that is that more often than not, people will, will bend to that. People, oh, okay, cool. I, no, I can make that. Yep. I'll shift around my, I'll finish work a bit earlier and come in at four o'clock instead of, you know, whatever, 6 p.m. And then you, you realize you're like, holy shit, I can actually control my schedule to a point. You have to have a bit of flexibility but so I find that, that, that once you test it and, you, and it's really about setting boundaries. So you're like, these are my boundaries. These are when I'm not available to coach because I do these other things that are important. And then these are the times when I coach. Um, you realize that it works. And I think that you also have to be a good coach and you, know, you have to have the whole thing going on so that 
so that, you know, there's enough demand for what you're doing and, and all those things. Um, but yeah, so that, that would be that, that for me has been the biggest one. And I don't think I had this chat with, um, one of the interns last week. Um, and it was around, it was around how much they were charging, uh, for their, their clients and they're, they're putting together their pricing package and they're like, how much should I charge like for a workshop and for a one-to-one and all that sort of thing. And I was telling him, him, fuck, I just gave it away. <laughs> and, I, and I was like, um, you know, I was, I was giving him all of the ideal kind of rules around it that I have, like, you know, figure out how much money you want to make on a weekly basis, work back from there. How much time do you have? How many sessions do you want? Et cetera, et cetera. And it's all very idealistic. But then at the end of it, I realized and I, and I articulated to him, but when you're starting out, you just got to fucking get clients. So charge them whatever, like in a sense, char- like if they're, if you don't feel comfortable asking for what you really want, just take what they'll give you. Because mm. for the first 12, 18 months, you got to just get a foot in the door and start coaching people yep. and start getting some money and figuring out your processes. And then as you build that confidence, then you can become a little bit more in control of, of what you want. So, you know, so, you know, I guess it's just a caveat to what I just said. It's like, I think every coach has to go through that coaching at both ends of the day. But I, if you find just, if you're in the industry and you're a good coach and it's like three or four years in and you're still doing that shit, mm. I think you really need to take a good look at the standards that you set for yourself. Yeah. And I think, um, I think you can, you can, you could do it straight off the bat. You just have to be around like a lot of, a lot of people will coach at, at the peak hour and then they just leave the gym. But if you're, if you're in the gym at the times you want to coach somebody, then you're going to find, and this is even here in our gym. It's true. I watch that with, with coaches that, uh, that come in and that are, that are busy in our gym. Um, they're, they're here and they're available at the times that they want to take sessions. And the person that's going to be training at that time, even if it's some random 1230 at you know, lunchtime, uh, that's when you, if you're there, the times you want to fill, then you're most likely to pick up um, someone that wants to be trained at that time. It's true. You know? So yeah. if you're only in the gym in the mornings, every morning, then you're going to fill it. But if you're you know, not there in the mornings and you're there in the evenings, then you're going to end up filling, filling evening slots. You know? yep. The other thing that you mentioned about um, the, having that value on yourself and then maybe potentially charging more as a trainer, if you don't feel like, you're at a point where you can charge the amount that you want to, then you need to, you need to, you need to get there. So sometimes setting that rate, even if it, you're feeling like you might not be worth it yet, it's not a bad thing because what it does is it incentivizes you to become, to, to get to a point where you feel like you're actually worth the, the money that you're charging, which means educating, training, experience, all of those things that get you to a point where you're like, okay, I'm worth this amount. You know, yeah, personal development, all of these things. You know, yeah, yeah. It's 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 so um, it's so poignant, especially when you consider the life like the the lifespan of your standard personal trainer. And you know, we've we've spoken on other shows about what the numbers are, but there's a huge amount of PT graduates every year that flood into the industry, and the average lifespan is like six months or twelve months. Like it's really short. And it's, I think it's just because there's, there's little consideration, particularly in that education process, um, there's little education about how to manage your energy and how to build a business that's actually sustainable and that is also successful. Yep. There's just like, this is how you 
fucking teach someone how to do these exercises. <laughs> and we think, you know, and as a young coach, you, you're pretty naive. And you're like, cool, well, I'm just going to start teaching people exercises and they're going to pay me a shitload of money. Yeah, and a lot of those people are there because they want the lifestyle. It's like, well, I can, I can, I can train, I can, you know, do all the stuff that I want to be doing instead of sitting at the desk. <coughs> I can be fit and healthy and I can get paid for it. And then the, the, the harsh reality is that you're in worse shape being a PT than you were when you were sitting at the office je- desk because you no longer have time for your own training and you're burning the candle at both ends or you're working day and night just to make the same amount of money. Yep. You know? T, did you go through um, a bit of a process like this maybe in a Sydney or when you were in London? No, probably London was my, f- my first kind of um, slap into the, the commercial fitness industry. And that was, um, like I was saying before, smooth seas make bad sailors. I became a fucking mercenary over there. It was <laughs> unbelievable. It was midwinter so, and I had no money because I'd spent it all travelling. And um, I'd bullshitted my way into a gym with um, all of these credentials that I didn't have um, because I just needed work like straight away. <laughs> and, I, and every time I went for a job interview, they asked me if I had experience and I'd say no and they'd just go, no, not interested. So I was like, right, this next one, I'm just going to make up a whole bunch of bullshit. I've had heaps of experience here, 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 here. And I called some friends back home and I said, if you get a phone call, just tell them that I'm working for you, that I work for you for two years or whatever. They never called. But anyway, I put down all this experience and they're like, yeah, great. I'll chuck you on. Got on the floor uh, in LA Fitness in, um, where was it? LA Fitness. LA Fitness. <laughs> cool. Big, big, uh, big um, franchise kind of thing. Oh, no, it's like a fitness firsty kind of thing. Got in there, there's like 28 trainers. The turnover or the Shucks. churn rates, like six of those trainers will su- like survive and earn really good money and the rest are just churning, they're just turning over. And I fucking got in there and I could see it straight away. Saw the six trainers or, you know, the ones that were constantly working in good nick, looking nice and healthy and the rest are just like strung out, look like shit can't get clients turn it over and i'm like okay this is like sink or swim and they're like you got three weeks to a free rent and um and then after that you're you're on you you need to pay pay your half half your rent up front for another two weeks and then you get full rent after that and it was a fucking substantial amount and then i'm like okay well you know how where, where are my leads and they're like well out there on the floor <laughs> and that was it that's all i had and i was like Fuck. I was like, oh my gosh, how do I, how the hell do I get someone to do PT with me? And it was like looking around, I'm thinking, shit, I need to, I need, I need to uh, like talk to people. And I was going around, fumbling my way around. And then I, um, I thought, all right, well, I need to talk to the people that are successful here. And I just fucking latched on them. Like, right, bro, I need to talk to you. I'm happy to pay for your time. You got to teach me how to find members, uh, clients and the rest of it. And that was literally my, my learning curve. But the stuff that, you'd already implement, that you implemented into your diary was a big, big part of what a lot of these trainers did. They'd choose only one section of the day. They'd be there all the time. They had a really good sales script. They had a niche. They had their own speciality. And then they made sure that they built their schedule around their lifestyle. And it was very simple stuff. And you see these these same like formulas, uh, successful formulas popping up all over the place, you know. Uh, but yeah, it was very similar to what we do now, but just a little less um, 
evolved. It was like more more towards um towards like car sales and less towards dealing with you know building a community or or building a relationship, which is more to what we do here. Um, speaking of um, uh, niches, uh, Nikki, you you've found a little niche in our gym. Yeah. Um, and it's something that uh, all trainers have a certain persona, a skill set, uh, stuff that they like to to coach. Joe does his uh, bulletproof for BJJ. He likes working with with grapplers and um, and athletes. Uh, Nikki, you've got the, a, a type type of person that you like to work with, and you also have a certain persona. And it's uh, there's a lot of uh, you're a very nurturing coach. You've got a lot of time for people. Um, you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so I guess, um, and I remember four years ago, all this stuff was coming out. It's like, oh, who do you want to coach? What time? I'm like, I don't, I've never coached anyone before. I need to figure out who I like coaching first, and then I can figure out who I like working with. Um, And I guess because I started this whole journey wanting to help my parents who were feeling a little bit broken, I've kind of just fallen into this path where um, I nurture the people that kind of feel a little bit broken, a little bit sore, stiff, that, you know, their goal is to be able to, I want to touch my toes or pick something off the floor or be able to put my underwear on, like, um, pain-free and things like that. So I guess, um, and it's the tagline that I use is, like, if you're looking for someone to, to, to yell and scream at you, that that's not me. We're not a fit. Um, but if you want someone to... Uh, guide you back into more movement freedom uh, I guess that's where we can work together so just the starting at the true foundations the very very basics I've got a lot of injured people at the moment I've worked with uh, people in wheelchairs uh, mental health issues so it's like I've kind of seen so many varieties of people that okay what we take for granted that I can put like my bra or my crop top on by myself. I can tie my shoes. I can lift my knee up to be able to lift my foot and tie my shoes. Um, things that we take for granted, I just want to be able to give people their movement freedom back. Yeah, be it's able funny to get that up off you say floor. that. <laughs> because they're things that, that a lot of people would probably listen to and have potentially, you know, have a bit of a giggle. Ah, oh, yeah, put your bra on or put your shoe on. But for the individual that can, can gain that back, that's yeah. actually, that's a step away from the grave. Because it it really is like if you're slowly regressing to the point where you can't dress yourself anymore, if you can't get off a fucking chair without using um, the table or you can't get off the floor without someone helping you up, uh, that this is a slow regression into into um, decrepitcy. That's it. And to be able to reverse that, it's a huge amount of job satisfaction that comes with that. What uh, what made you gravitate towards this particular individual? uh watching my mum <laughs> get up off the floor like she she would watch tv on the floor or play on the ipad or whatever the just seeing her trying to get back up um this was back when she was uh she had a desk job she was working at the rta so she would sit all day no glutes no nothing a, a little bit on the unfit overweight side sorry mum um but yeah but being able to see her get up off the floor and have to physically latch onto the coffee table to the lounge um little things like that and dad not being able to bend down to tie his shoes like he's he's adapted all of his shoes so he doesn't have to physically do anything anymore um it's like and a slip on yeah, with the, the fake shoelaces on the front. He's, yeah, he's tied his shoelaces <laughs> in a way <laughs> that um, that he can slip them on. But he he wants to look professional, so he wants shoes with laces. Um, and 
seeing people that can't even lift stuff off the top shelf of their like rearranging their kitchen cupboards to put stuff on a lower shelf because they can't reach up overhead anymore so it's just mm. like hang on this is like you shouldn't be altering your whole life persona because you can't physically just reach something anymore um but that's why we, we do that yeah, subconsciously don't we yeah uh, shape our environment yeah um, western culture especially like we we um we we help decrepancy. We like we we ate it. We, yeah, we ate it. Yeah. yeah, we give the 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 handrails and the Zimmer frames and and I mean there's there's a there's a space for it, but it should be used as a tool to get you back to where you were, not aid you into the grave. You know what I mean? Yeah. The li- and the little things that you take for granted that you don't even realize that you're doing. Like my my dad had a hip replacement on Monday, and it all stems back from he was in 35 years of uh, menswear, so he was always kneeling down, hemming pants, and he'd always needle on the same leg. So one leg got super super strong, and the other leg's like, what the hell are you talking about? Um, so now his hips are just that dysfunction that he's gone into a hip replacement just because 35 years of kneeling down on the same leg, the same wow. leg, the same leg. Um, that throws you out of whack and it's the everyday stuff that you don't even realise that you're doing. And have you trained them? My, or, pa- yeah. my parents? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you train them a lot, don't you? I see you doing little fitness things with the, with the fam. <laughs> they, um, they're, they're in some form of training, but they don't necessarily realise that they're in a form of training. Right. <laughs> um, so they get little, little tasks and goals and, and things like that that we kind of set. I see them pretty much every once a week, every Friday afternoon, I go over there for dinner. Um, so when dad was doing his prehab stuff, uh, we were doing, like we weren't allowed to have dinner or have our games night until he'd done his homework. So I knew that he valued playing a game with me. It's like, that doesn't happen until you do the work, (laughs) um, and things like that. So it's not exactly a structured program that they're following, but they're doing things that they don't even realize that they're doing. (laughs) It's cool. Very nice. So yeah. Smart. (laughs) <laughs> it's hard to train your parents. I've, I've oh, coached yeah. mine a little bit too, and I'm sure, T, you've done stuff with your olds. Yeah. You have to find a – it's often not as simple as like a client-coach a, a client relationship. You have to sort of navigate it a bit differently. I think it, it twigged for dad because um, he didn't realise the extent of how much I was learning. You know, the calibre of trainers that I get access to is like pretty awesome. So he actually went to the exercise physiologist in air quotes, the professional um, for his prehab. And he's like, oh, I was with him when they were doing the exercises and every, like, every exercise is like, oh, yeah, you've told me to do that, haven't you? Oh, yeah, we've been through this. So that was like that little validation. It's like, dad, I am trying to help you. <laughs> <laughs> I know some shit. Yeah. <laughs> This isn't just a hobby anymore. <laughs> so, yeah. Mm. So, that was a realisation on, on his end. So, he's, he listens a little bit more. My, we're working on mum. There's always resistance, isn't there, with parents? Yeah. Yep. I've found. They can't – that dynamic of you just being a kid. Yeah. And like, wow, what do you know? You're just a kid kind of – not that they say that, but yep. it comes out when – as soon as the, the, the training gets uncomfortable, you can kind of see that attitude. Yeah. Yeah, my dad hates – taking advice from me in anything. <laughs> anything. It's really frustrating because I've got he all the come answers. And you come to your... <laughs> and I know everything. <laughs> Why? He's got so much resistance. But, um, he used to come to your classes, didn't man, he? he used, yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, would, he, he take, and, um, would he take your coaching in that space? Uh, yeah, I, I couldn't... He's not good at public feedback. So if I gave him feedback in front of everyone else, like you'd do with any member, he would just... He, he, he just, I could see the body language was just like, no, I don't want to, don't bring attention onto me kind of thing. Yeah. Um, my mum's good at taking feedback from me, but that's kind of, that's, um, yeah, that's a bit different, I think. They're relationships, you know. 
Um, I know. What, what's it like for you training it's, your parents? It's exactly the same. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. Dad, dad's probably slightly. Yep. Definitely. Mum's very open to it. Kind of a bit of a typical male female Man, thing, isn't men, it? Isn't yeah. It? Men are just fucking. Got, there's such <laughs> an ego there. Ego. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, you know, dad will take it. I, I, I had some. Um, I gave my dad some, like I pushed past that little boundary the other day. We were talking about something and he'd had, he'd had a, like a, my, my brother and his two little girls had been to visit mum and dad and the girls had a cold, the kids, one's a baby, one's a junior's six, seven, and they had a cold. And so mum and dad got the cold and I was talking to dad and this was like a month after it happened, but he was telling me about it. Yeah. So I had a cold, you know, for a couple of weeks and yeah, anyway, it's gone now and yeah. And I said, you know, and he, he had since gotten a COVID test, but I said, did you get a COVID test when you had that cold? Like, and he's like, well, no. And I said, mate, and he, he started giving me excuses like, well, no, <laughs> but in the beginning you, you couldn't, you couldn't, it's very hard to qualify to get a COVID test. They would tell you, you had to have certain, and I said, yeah, in the beginning, but I'm like, it's not the beginning anymore. Like they... The government is urging anyone with any symptoms to go and get a test. So did you get a test? He said, well, no, I didn't. And I said, mate, I expect you to be a li- little bit more responsible next time. <laughs> and it was, it was me stepping over like, and he was like, oh yeah, all right, Jesus. <laughs> you know, like, it, was, it was funny because I felt, I felt quite good. Like I- Empowered. Yeah. And he was like, and I was like, I'm telling you old man. And he was like, okay, I'll take it. <laughs> but yeah, we, but we don't, we can't occupy that space together very often. Yeah. Where I'm like, mate, you need to listen to me. And I, I realize, yeah, like when we're hanging out on, on another weekend that sometimes the com it does just get to a point where he doesn't want to hear, he doesn't want to hear what I'm saying. So he just stops listening. Yeah. And you're like, ah, oh, that's right. It's cause I'm the youngest or it's cause yeah. I'm their child. At that point you got to kind of like back off, I guess. Yeah, you just you, you can fight it, or you can just go. Eh, yeah, that's what happens. The COVID test is interesting. Oh, you had one, didn't you? I had a couple one of days two days ago. ago. Yeah. Did you get the nose and the mouth? Yeah, m- both nostrils. I'm sure he didn't need to do both. I think he'd probably did be able to get to their fists up in your nostrils. Well, I said to him, he's <laughs> got plenty of space there. <laughs> <laughs> they go real deep with it, don't they? Inches. Oh, God, it felt it's like a pathway up to the brain. That's pushing what I on felt. my brain. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, it was really. I mean, it's fast. Mm, just like swift but yeah i felt a bit violated coming out <laughs> i liked it strangely <laughs> you did yeah yeah i don't know why just cleaned up i always have a thing about my sinus like i always want it to be clean i'm always blowing my nose and so they just gave you a free clean out so something about like having this thing shoved up there i'm like oh did you get both sides or just one yeah. both Ah, see, I oh, just they have, have to one. do both, don't well, they? No, when I got mine, oh, it, was, really? it was just one. So it was like I had a clear pathway just on the right-hand side of my nose and then the left-hand side was still that little bit blocked. So it felt really, really weird. You take a big deep breath in, it's like going straight up on one side. Whoa. And it was like, Oof. oh, yeah, it felt really strange. It was giving me a headache every time that I went to take a deep breath in. Can I, can I raise one thing about this, um, this coaching uh, kind of burnout thing, which really is prevalent in the, in the PT industry? And it's funny, right? Because we're, we're, we're essentially trying to slang health and fitness to people, but the nature of the job often ends, ends up with you not being particularly healthy. You, you'll always be fit. And this is the, I think this is the thing, you know, when you're in your 20s, you don't have to sleep much. You can just train all the time and you're going to look great and perform great. But there comes a point where you start to pay a price for that. And Setting I f- yourself up for a fall. Yeah. And I felt that, I, I think, like I look back over my 20s and even early 30s and I was so disrespectful of 
the the recovery process for myself with the main the main thing the main culprit or the main thing that i did was just not sleep enough yep. and so when you when you're coaching you know you're coaching at night you're coaching in the morning you're literally burning the candle at both ends and i you know i've, I've thought a lot about it since and i've spoken to people about it and i've and i've observed and i'm like fuck there's like there really is a lack of respect for sleep uh, within the coaching realm and just within Western culture, I would say. Yeah. But um, I find it so important now. And I, and I think that the, the coaching one end of the day thing allows you to address that because you can go, all right, I'm an early morning person. I'm going to start my sessions at 5 a.m., but I'm also going to go to bed at 9.30 and I'm going to get to sleep by 10. And, you know, it allows me to have seven or eight hours before I have to get up rather than, yeah, and then I'm going to coach again at night and I'm going to go to bed at 11, 11.30 and I'm going to be up at 4.00. Yeah, and, and before like you're going to train maybe after your last session and then you're going to do a bit of social media yeah. and then you do a bit of marketing and then you're going to get stuck in, in, the, in the time warp a little bit and then before you know it, it's even later than that. Yes, yep. you know? and it's fucked. Like it's, it's the worst. And I, I mean, I, I think about, man, if I could have done one thing differently, it would have been to sleep more. And I wonder how just my, I don't think it would have, changed necessarily how i performed in my training or in my coaching like because i could still always bring it when i needed to but i think um it would have changed my perception of that time and how i saw that because you know it's like when you're well slept you yeah. tend to have a, a bright outlook on your day mm -hmm. and then when you're underslept yeah you can enjoy the, the days your, just enjoy fucking work. dark <laughs> and you're like why yeah why is everyone being an asshole today yeah and even if it's a good day you still got shits with it yeah like if you're tired it's brutal yeah I'm guessing, you know, you got two kids that on the way, like this has been a part of the oh, fatherhood man, journey. I'm so not looking forward to being <laughs> to having my sleep taken from me again. <laughs> but um I've been there, so I know what's coming. Yeah. Unlike yourself, who's got yeah, yeah, you have no idea, it's bro. Just, it's just one. <laughs> you know, our niece is good. It's We've already had that, that chat. Bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually not that bad. I mean, at the time you kinda like like when you look when you think back to like like the, the this constant like sleepless nights with a newborn because it's what time, the, the, the the a newborn is actually nocturnal supposedly by by nature that this is the time when they're most active um, and when you look back at it you're like oh man that was tough but when you're in it you just kind of make do and it's pretty similar to when you get into a routine where you're just always tired and you start to adapt to it. And before you know it, you're like, oh, it's just a norm. You know what I mean? But slowly, over time, your health is just deteriorating. And then you get snappy. And then you, <laughs> you, know, you underperform and all this other stuff starts to happen. And you get sick all the time, flu. So how do you recognize it? How do you recognize it? What are, your, what are your signs? Like Nikki's talked about what she does to combat it. But what, what are the signs of, of knowing when you're getting into a point where you're starting to... to to burn out for me it's um it's a lack of positivity so it's yeah. like so i can i can i can literally kind of check in with how, just how i'm feeling about the day because you know most of my days people would look at my days and think oh he's got great days like he runs his own business it looks really cool you know trains jujitsu all that stuff you know and 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 it is right but i i can have a day where i'm underslept or underrested, and i'll be like I fucking not look forward to anything today. Like, yeah. And then I'm like, it's because I'm, I haven't recovered enough. 
So for me, that's the thing is just how do I feel? Do I feel dark about it or do I feel light about it? And if I feel light and I know, cool, I'm, I'm adequately rested. You? Yeah, I get, uh, there's two. I'll get moody. Um, I've never th- seen you moody before. Mm. <laughs> 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 this is my, yeah, my workplace. <laughs> um, those that know me have seen Hubby me mo- seen you moody. moody. Um, <laughs> so, and apparently I'll get like this bit of a this stare glare on. Um, mm. So people will see the mood or see the face. Uh, and otherwise within myself, it's like I just feel foggy. It's like I can't. Like I can't clarify anything. I can't get anything done. I just feel like it's a hamster in a wheel in my head. It's just like I need to focus and I just can't. So that's kind of my, my telltale signs. I think my my main thing when I realised I was burning out and pretty rapidly, the, the, the telltale sign was when I started snapping at my dad and just getting like really frustrated at the, the, the stupid computer questions that I would get every each and every week. But when I couldn't attain that and like – be calm and collected and realise, okay, like he just doesn't understand. Um, when I started snapping back at them, then it's like, oh shit, like like this isn't me. Okay, like I need to change something. This isn't good. I'm going down a bit of a spiral. So that was the wake up call for me. It's like, oh, why am I yelling at my dad? <laughs> Type scenario. But yeah, I'll get brain fucking moody. So at that moody. point you go to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm going to bed. Nap time. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? I get grumpy. Yeah, I get grumpy and frustrated. It ha- actually, when it, before I got the flu, um, I was grumpy and frustrated for that day on Tuesday, I think it was. It was the day on the deck. I saw you Tuesday. that day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You How, were are part, you? I said, How are you? I feeling team? frustrated. Yep. And then I got sick. So I was probably a bit run down already. Uh, but yeah, I get grumpy. My kids let me know. <laughs> My son said it to me when I, we were going for a bit of a phase here at the gym where things were really kind of hectic. My son was about three. And I was just grumpy. And I remember him turning around at me and goes, you're a grumpy dad. You're <laughs> grumpy. I hate you. Everybody hates you. <laughs> I, was like, Fuck. I just like, I just kind of thought about it for a second. And I thought, man, I'm totally being a grump probably for about a week now. And he's fucking right. <laughs> like it's gotten to the point where the kids are probably talking about it. My wife's like, oh man, he's such a pain in the ass. <laughs> so at that point I was like, right, I need to take a, f- a few days off. But it takes me a while to recognize it. I, if, especially if I'm in kids like a ruthless. mode. Yeah, but they're really handy like for that kind of thing to check yourself. Yeah, I, I've never had that kind of, that honesty around me before. Usually people like, ah, oh, you know, they'll just put up with it because part of my fucking persona about, you know, up and down, up and down. But when you've got kids there, they don't, they just don't, they don't give you the chance to to wallow, you know what I mean? Like they'll pull you up on it and and you either listen to the signs or, or not, but um, they don't, don't let you get away with things, which is great. And I, I needed that, actually. They've leveled me out. Um, but I know when I see those signs... I just have to rest. And for me, uh, it doesn't, my, my mind keeps ticking over when I've stopped work. I can't just stop work and then put the feet up and watch a show or something like that. I, I'll continue to, to rerun things in my mind and, and it just kind of keeps, keeps churning over. So um, I have to get out of town is the best way for me to decompress. That's uh, when you retreat to the bush. Yeah, I get it, go camping, and and this is the best way for me to to just yeah just remind myself that everything's good. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the things that I'm like sweating over are just small stuff. 
generally what I sweat over most, the small stuff. It's very interesting though. I, I, um, I had a chat with a friend of mine, a guy that you know, John Marsh, um, about this, um, about this fear. He talks a lot about energy generation and recovery and, and he relates a lot of it, it like energy generation kind of sounds a bit airy, but he relates it all back to the nervous system. And he's like, um, if, you're, if there's no space in your nervous system to handle new stimulus, then that's essentially going to be like, that's a high stress situation. So he's like, um, if you, but if you have a bit of a surplus there, there's room for, there's room to deal with things. So if conflict arises, if, um, if there's something that you're trying to address, like maybe you're trying to do some work on yourself and address some personal beliefs or something like that. If you have that space, then you can address it and you can grow. But if you're full, there's no room for growth. And so he was, um, he was talking about the, he was talking about what obligations do you have that are burdenless. And I kind of, I, I had to get him to define it for me, but essentially what he was getting at was um, what, what things do you do in your life that don't have some kind of burden attached to them? So uh, this podcast, as an example, there is a burden attached. It's a function of our work. It happens at a certain time. You have to be here. Uh, it's still highly enjoyable, but it's not completely free and, and whatever, right? Uh, in the same way that training a client, you might really love that client and really love being with them, but there's a burden attached to it. It's a, it's a function of your work. Um, likewise, going out on a date with your partner, there's a burden. It's a, it's a relationship that you're trying to uphold. Financial burden. Financial <laughs> burden, right? But so his point was like, well, like going out to the bush for you, there is actually a burden attached to that. If you're with yeah. your family, you got to fucking yeah. take the kit. Yeah. Got to look at, you know, but maybe like when you go to your mum's and you can spend some time there and Dee and the kids are doing their thing and you can have time to yourself. And I'm guessing for you, it's like, when you're gardening and like, yeah, like building and constructing, yeah, and it's like it's some it's like an activity that you get lost in, and there's no burden attached to it. And he's like, that's you need an amount of that regularly in order to, like you were saying, this is how you fill the tea pot, yep, right, so that you can then fill the cups. But I was yeah. like, fuck, that's really interesting. The Just, recharging activities, yeah, yeah. yeah. I guess meditation is in one one of those. A little bit. It can, I, it I can be. Really I don't find, find it hard. To yeah, meditate, I, to be honest, I've tried to to make meditation a thing. Yeah, I like. I, I I still try to do sort of five minutes or something in the morning, but it, I don't look at it as as like a a, a meditation necessarily. It's just a like a like a little grounding thing. Do some breathing. Think about some stuff. Move on. But it never. I never come out of it and be like, oh man, I'm so glad I did that. Yeah. But I would find probably more more like more pleasure in uh doing some gardening on the weekend or uh cooking some food or something like that that i can actually get lost in yeah and uh, fuck man two and a half hours three hours just went by and uh, you know and i wasn't even aware of it yeah recharging yeah and that's when you get back from from a holiday and you feel like oh, i feel great you know like there's you know you're no longer sweating the small stuff and the small stuff be, you start sweating it for me anyway because i'm guessing i'm just weaker at that point and i don't want to carry as much on my shoulders so the little things start to become heavier than they actually are you know what i mean yeah it's yeah. a good like point you're f physically fatigued you're and you carry a light bag and it feels heavy because you're physically f fatigued but then if you rest and you're good you can carry twice the amount of weight and f you don't feel anything but i think it's very similar with just task related stuff you know yeah so those signs that you would pick up uh in your physical um 
practice are, are very similar in your social and your, and your work practice as well. You've got to be able to recognize them and then act on them and not try and push them aside and think that they'll just sort themselves out because they don't. Yeah, and I also think you don't want to model off those around you necessarily. Mm-hmm. If we go back to yeah. that, that PT thing, if you're working in a big gym and you're around all these people who are probably like the vast majority of them are working way too much, stressed as fuck. Like they're pr- probably the, like the, you could say the vast majority of them are not going to survive mm. in that industry. They're only going to be there for a little while. So if you're trying to keep up with them and like burn the candle at the same rate and, and you're probably destined for the same thing. So I think it's really important to like actually look at what's going on. And if you are, if there is longevity to it and if you're taking a sustainable approach and then make the necessary changes. Which is uh, something that comes back to culture as well. Like uh, what the, the, the great advantage that we have here is that we have control over the environment that we're in. Whereas your standard PT in a, in a, in a standard gym doesn't. You're, you're in that culture. Culture is work, 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 work. Uh, train, 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 train. And then you've got peak hour, peak hour. Whereas here, uh, the culture is very different. Um, what we're doing with Nikki and what we do with ourselves and the way we, we look at structuring weeks and um, putting ourselves first before we can help others um, is is cultural now. So you can watch someone like like Aaron who's earning a really good living, uh, but he's still he's got a he's got a he's got a bub. He's getting time with his family. He's making progress with his training. He's in a healthy condition. Um, you can look at that and think, okay, well, it's possible, you know. And then when you have all the coaches doing it uh, and sharing ideas on how to make it that 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 uh, keep balance in their in their um, in their work practice, then um, all of a sudden, you know, you start to create a culture, and the culture feeds itself, and then members start to reflect the same thing too, as well, you know. Uh, when you're, what about recognizing it in others? If you see someone with these signs that we're talking about, the burnout signs. What are the signs? Yeah, well, look, what are we looking for? Bags under the eyes. Yep, bags yeah. under the eyes, big one. And even just asking them, like, how's the week been? How you, if yep. someone's just like, uh, like if they if they can't even standard answer a standard question like that it's like hey what has happened in the week what's the energy levels like i got some people that are super vibrant and if those vibrant people shoulders start to shrug like their physical appearance starts to change not necessarily like hair disheveled or anything like that but they're just standing differently or the there's less conversation or something like that that's a bit of a telltale sign in my book you you know what i find is when you ask someone uh oh hey ben and they go (sighs) busy (laughs) (laughs) And you're like, that's like that, huh? <laughs> and I, I've done that a lot, my, you know, over the years. And I, and I, I kind of realized, like, don't fucking respond like that because I choose, I choose what's on my plate. So, you know, like sometimes, oh man, it's it's actually been really busy lately, but it's cool, like it's all good things or whatever. But you know, oh, like I've had a bit on, but you know what? There's been some cool developments. Like, you can kind of sense the the darkness or the lightness and the, like negativity or positivity in that response yep. and when you get that dark response repeatedly you're like all right this person's not managing Better their energy chat. yeah about how you're managing your week yeah go yep. to bed yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah so bags maybe fluey all the time yeah someone's yep. constantly sick uh training's dropped off it's a big one i think and then no the, progression in their in yes. their strength and yeah that sort of thing yeah or even a drop off where you see things start to kind of fade a little bit 
Um, mood is a yep. big one. <laughs> Color. All these things. Yeah. Any signs of poor health, really. And it's interesting that something... Yawning is a bit of a giveaway. Yeah, like stuff that... Um, like how how the mindset can do, can be directly reflected to to your physical health, you know. So your 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 signs are there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's interesting, um, but it's definitely worth looking for, especially in your workplace, and and um, having the conversations because at the end of the day, uh, the 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 healthier and the and the happier everyone is in their workspace, the better quality everyone's work becomes yeah yeah i can um yeah from a per- from personal experience like um using your example earlier nikki where you're talking about yesterday having 45 minutes before class you took a walk with the coffee and you pumped some techno and it, it you know it brought the energy up for you there's kind of like those little short-term things you can use like that but you you would know like all right, that that's not ideal, but it yep. was making the best of the, the the situation I'm in today. But I think looking at that, and if you find that you're repeating that kind of week after week, then I think you need to look at that and go, all right, I need to change something about my week so that I'm not ending up painted into that corner every time. Because ultimately it's like that it, it, that'll help in the short term, but you've yep. got to address the more sleep or whatever it is, right? You're not dependent on the can of monster. Yeah, yeah, and and, and you can and I've I felt this myself. Thursdays have been really big for me lately with the internship and stuff. And I and it was and I was trying to do work at the beginning of the day, coaches development, do the internship, squeeze in more work, and then somewhere train myself, and then go to jujitsu. And I was like, Oh, that's a big day. Yeah, I was finding like why why do I feel dark uh, like every Thursday afternoon after and I got to coach some people. I'm like, I'm just I'm not bringing positivity to this this end of my day and I was like because I'm just doing too much so for the last few weeks I've kind of just left my schedule open and let myself just hang out with the interns after that and it's really nice and I'm like fuck I'm enjoying this day so much more and it changes how I feel about Friday and it changes how I feel about Saturday like it, there's such a roll-on effect well, from it yeah. yeah yeah and I'm really I'm just glad that I noticed that kind of wish I had noticed earlier but I feel like it's very if you can if you can review like your weeks and think like is there a part where I start to kind of where my energy drops? I think that's a really worthwhile sort of analysis to make. Yeah, and having that on paper, like having your having your schedule out in front of you, and you can see it if it's scattered all over the place and it's there's not a lot of um, structure in it, then you know that that's going to be you know big gaps between everything and you know, early start, late finish, this kind of like um, scattered approach is going to hurt. Yep. If you can bring some kind of structure into, you know, blocks of time of work where you would be, you know, whether it's morning or evening, mine's a bit different to say Joe's, who's very structured, but it still has periods where I'm available for certain activities and I know at those periods of time, just like Nikki was saying with her, that um, those particular activities suit, suit that time of day, like being available for, uh, for coaches, coaches after the coach's internship, just hanging out and, and recharging and chatting before you go to JITS rather than taking on, you know, one of those clients that are, what do we call them? Personal trainer. Personal trainers. Yeah. Energy vampires. Yeah. Soul suckers. So you got to pick and, <laughs> pick and choose wisely what you do at certain times of the day as well, you know. That's yeah, a good, good little tip, that one. That's it. 
Fam, good talking with you guys today. Nikki, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. Was it as bad as you thought it was going to be? <laughs> Still slightly nervous over here, but <laughs> less than what it was an hour ago. I think you did great. <laughs> good job. Tell us a little bit about, uh, plug, your, plug, your, plug what you do and, you, and, and tell everyone. Oh, God, I haven't and figured out your, my tagline yet, T. What's your Insta <laughs> and all that? Um, oh, what is my – my Insta is uh, PT underscore Nikki R, something like that, I think. I'll stop my head. Um, yeah, PT underscore Nikki R, um, just PT Nikki on Facebook. Pretty much just put my, my movement rambles up there, bit of flow, bit of mental health, bit of banter with my friends and family. Um, and I guess, yeah, I'm more of a, a, a movement personal trainer, movement, I don't want to say coach, but I, I want to help people just be able to get general movement back. It's like if we can do some fancy stuff and build skills Practical on rings. stuff. Yeah. It's like let's just start with the real basics. Yeah. So if, you are, if you're struggling with that first step of getting into a, a gym or getting into a training routine and you – and, and that's um, on, a, on a mental level, maybe you're feeling like you don't have the confidence or you're you know, feeling like you're, you're, you're um, an absolute beginner or maybe you're recovering from injury or maybe it's just something that um, you're really interested in but you're finding it difficult to take that first step. Nikki's definitely the person you <laughs> want to be reaching out to. Yeah, and if you look at our stuff, like our Instagram, and you're like, oh, that looks too full on for me and I couldn't do it, then uh, again, Nikki would be an awesome person to... To talk to the stepping stone. I thought yeah. the same thing. I looked at you guys. I can't do that. Yeah. And you now know. look at you. Four years later, I can get upside down I'm on the doing rings. It. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Legend, thank you for joining us today. T Bone, good to chat. Thanks, thank team. you. Thanks for listening, fam. If you enjoyed that episode, please share it with a friend. You can screenshot it, post it on your Instagram stories. Tag us at Jungle Brothers Movement. Uh, it helps to support the show. We're now on Spotify. So wherever you listen to this, you can get it on Spotify. Something seems very premium about that. So it's a nice little achievement for us. However, anyone can get on Spotify, so call it what it is. Thank you, and we'll see you guys next week. Peace.